Done, y'all. Y'all stop. We go. We go. <laughs> I'm speechless. How you guys doing today? Jeez, thanks, Darnell support. <laughs> I'm editing the next one. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> that was good. That was was that good, y'all? Y'all give it up for Darnell support, man. That was amazing. That was really, really, really good. Um, so I, I want to thank you guys for coming out today. Um, we're starting our portion on marriage today. Um, so we're going to start with marriage on today. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be because I don't seem to have as many notes as I have for single. So... Um, I'm going to just get right to it. Y'all ready? You guys ready? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, just a couple things. Um, we want to make sure we keep the only family in prayer. Y'all know Miss Tanya. She is um, number one with commentary in the middle of the message. She will just, <laughs> I know that's right. If y'all know who that is, that's, that's Miss Tanya, Anthony's mother. Um, she lost her mother. Anthony lost his grandmother on this week. So we want to keep them in prayer if we can, okay? Um, good to see Evangelist Davis back. <clears throat> Uh, we know she had a death in the family as well, so we want to just keep those families in prayer. Um, so, do you guys know that 50% of marriages end in divorce? And you want to hear something even crazier? Between 51 to 53% are in the church. So there's a higher rate of divorce in church than there is in the world which tells us that the church has some flaws in their marriage, marriages, just as well as people that are not Christians. So I wanna talk about, and I'm still going through the process, and one thing about marriage is marriage deals with two different people coming together to become one. So you're dealing with two different personalities and things happen along the way that, you know, some people just don't get along and, you know, things occur, somebody, you know, does whatever. Uh, but I wanna deal with making it last forever. All right. And for those of you that it may not have lasted forever, you know, if God presents a second time around that this one lasts forever. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So um, I want to talk about three reasons why God created marriage. Now, y'all ready for this? It had nothing to do with your happiness. Y'all like what? Because if the truth of the, if, if marriage was all about happiness, all of us that are married would have been divorced sometime or another along the way. So it's, marriage supersedes just being happy. So if you're connecting with someone just so you can be happy, maybe y'all just need to be friends. <laughs> y'all quiet. <laughs> I, I think some folks get friendship and relationship mixed up. Some people are good friends, but it ain't good. they're not good people to have relationship with. So marriage goes beyond that. So um, we want to talk about the three reasons why God designed marriage. And then we want to talk about the covenant of marriage. And then I want to pray for married couples. 
And then um, next week, I will not be the speaker. Next week, the Herberts will be the speaker. Um, they've been married for 33 years. So they're going to give us a whole nother perspective. Um, I've only been married 12 years. Um, so I want to hear another perspective of marriage. What happens after 20 years? What happens after 25 years? What happens when all the kids leave the house? Some of y'all are like, woo! <laughs> what, what happens with empty nesting? You know, there's different sides of marriages. So we want to deal with every aspect. So we're going to deal with three reasons why God created marriage. Are you ready? Turn with me to the book of Genesis, the 27, 20, I'm sorry, the first chapter and the 27th verse. And let's see what God said when he created man. <clears throat> All right, they on point today, so I ain't got to, <laughs> I ain't even got to, <laughs> since y'all got jokes with the, uh, the doctor little interview thing. All right, you guys ready? It says, so God created man in his own image. He created him how? In the image of God. And he created them, male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls upon the face of the earth. There are three things that God created marriage for. Number one, reflection. The reason why God created man and, or man and woman to be married was to be a reflection of him. Y'all with me? So let's look at God. Because now we look at that text there's some folks that question why it was written the way it was written because God says, let us. Now, I thought God was singular. So why does the scripture say, let us make man in our image and in our likeness if God is one? Mm. Sounds like he's talking to multiple people as if though he has a host in heaven and he's saying, let us make a man like us. We have to understand that God is triune. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. All three are one, which is unity. He creates a certain unity, gives them a certain synergy, and he doesn't give. They are a certain synergy, and they have a certain connection that cannot be broken. There's a bond that cannot be broken. So when God says, let's create man and woman, the purpose of marriage was that there could be a bond that can never be broken. So God has, he has, he's the father, he's the son, he's the Holy Spirit, and then he creates man, he creates woman, and they have children. So just like God is threefold, family is threefold. And one of the things that the enemy tries to do is he tries to disconnect family because if he can infiltrate your family, he has victory over your family. You want to notice something? You notice how Satan didn't show up? until after Adam and Eve got together? Not once do we hear that Satan bothers Adam when he's single. But the moment he connects with his wife and they become one, there's all different types of interruptions that try to go on in the household. Y'all with me? The devil's plan is to infiltrate the unity and mess up the design of family. Uniqueness watch this, is necessary 
which is why God created them separate before putting them together. So watch this. He creates man. He creates woman. And then he puts them together because he wants to make sure that man has his own identity. Woman has her own identity. And now they come together with different personalities, but they're one. Watch this. Because now that they're one, the woman sees a side that the man can't see. And the man sees a side that the woman can't see. So when you connect with someone, in most cases, you're connecting with someone that's not like you. And can I tell you something? If you marry somebody that's like you, you got a born relationship. So my wife is a visionary. She's the visionary. She's the one that will drive and show me houses. I'm the one that wants to know the cost. Y'all with me? So she sees from that angle. I see from the financial angle. But it comes together as one. So when God created Adam, he gave him his own individuality. And when God created Eve, he gave her her own individuality. They became one, and now they can see peripheral. Did I say that word right? Y'all know I, I, had, I had a little slow classes a couple times in school. So now they can see from different angles. So now that you are connected or when you become connected with somebody, they're supposed to enhance what God has already put in you. Y'all with me? So the uniqueness is necessary so you can be more than what you were. If someone is coming into your life and it's draining you, and it's taking more out of you than putting in you, then you have a problem. But if someone's coming into the relationship and they're enhancing your sight, you got a good relationship. Any married folks in here? You ever sit down with your wife or you sit down with your husband and they give you some insight that you wasn't thinking about? That's connection. Y'all with me? I remember when me and my wife was getting married, well, not getting married, we was buying a house, and um, I, I was trying to figure out things because y'all know you got to pay off debt and all that in order to get the mortgage. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to make this work? And she said, oh, you got money in that. She, she knew where my money was. You got money in that account. Why don't you take it out of there, pay this, do that, do that. And I didn't, it never clicked to me, and it never would have clicked to me if I didn't have her there to see that angle that I didn't see without her. So one thing I want you guys to do, those of you that are married this week, is I want you to think about what is it about my significant other that allows me to see certain angles that I could not see if they were not in my life? Some of us have an edge. Y'all with me? Somebody's the aggressor in a relationship. You know, you walk in, somebody, you know, talks tough, somebody steps up in a relationship, uh-uh. And somebody's a little more passive. You know, everybody has that yin, and I don't want to mention, mention all that stuff in there, but y'all know that left and that right, we'll leave it like that, in the relationship. You with me? Number two, the reason why God created marriage outside of reflection of him is to be fruitful and to multiply. Y'all with me? Fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? To have some kids. Support like, you just see what happened up here. <laughs> Purpose of marriage is to be fruitful and multiply. It'll get exciting in a minute, I promise you. 
to be fruitful and to multiply. Why is it important to be fruitful and to multiply? You with me? So that your children can be a reflection of you. So I am a reflection of God. I get insight from God. I read the word of God. God shines on me, and it's my assignment to give that instruction to my children. So God gives me instruction. I give my children the instruction. And then watch this. One day, one day, one day, one day, one day. Oh, one of the kids is missing, right? All right, so one is 16. All right, we're going to keep them local because I know y'all ain't trying to hear nobody walk in the room and say they're going to California. Justin walks in the room and says, I want to go to Temple. Jaden walks in the room and says, I want to go. He played ball, so I got to find a good school. I, w- I want to go to Duke. Did I pick the right school? I was going to say, all right, Carolina. <laughs> all right. And Aaliyah says, I want to go to Princeton. Right? Now, you guys are empty nesters. And now you have three kids in colleges all around the country. And you have no worries. You know why? Because you imparted into them principles. Now watch this. And the principles that you imparted into them is in Princeton, New Jersey. It's in Philadelphia. And it's in North Carolina. So the purpose of being fruitful and to multiply is so that you can take the instruction and the direction that God gives you, put it in your children. They can go around the world like seed. And now they can infect and be an impact on wherever they go. Yeah, y'all with me? So the purpose of children is to be a reflection of you, which means that you have to have a good reflection in order for them to reflect you. So if I'm showing them Christian principles and I'm showing them the word of God and I'm showing them how to live moral and I'm showing them how to live ethical and I'm showing them how to live honest, they're going to go away to college and, you know, they may have their good time. They're going to, you know, do whatever, but there's going to be something inside of them that's going to shine amongst other children that did not have the principles, instruction, and morals that you have. And they're going to say, where do you get that from? And that gives them an opportunity to disciple to children because you set them up to go somewhere and shine your seed all across the world. So when you study the Bible, the children of Israel were able to go all throughout the regions of the earth and they kept their their, their doctrine, they kept their scriptures, they kept all of the principles that God gave them and it infected the world because their parents had a reflection from God. So the purpose of being fruitful and multiplying is so that God shines on you, you shine on your children, and your children shine on the environment that they go into when they go into adulthood, adulthood. So train up a child in the way that it should go so that when he grows old, oh, y'all remember that one? That was one of those scriptures on my wall in my parents' house. That and Joshua. That's for me and my house. I will serve the Lord. Y'all ever had those scriptures up in your house growing up? You just memorized them because they was on the wall. Yasmin had a picture of a train in her bedroom, and it said train up a child. So I always keep that in my head. That's probably the first scripture I memorized. My parents wasn't playing. They made sure you had some kind of scripture. Number three. So we have number one is what? Reflection. Number two is to be. And number three is to rule. Which means that we're supposed to represent him in the physical realm as he is in the spiritual realm. Y'all with me? We're supposed to by nature rule. We're not supposed to be subject to anything other than God. So the purpose of God creating us is so that we have rulership. And I don't want to dwell too deep into that. But we as Christians, we as people of God, we have to understand our authority in the earth. 
we are not like anyone else. We are able to speak against disease and speak against sickness and speak against peril and speak against disease and speak against all of the types of issues that come up against our family because we're covered in the blood of Christ. So one thing that God wants you to do is he wants you to rule. He wants you to be able to say, you will not have my children. You will not have my family. You will not take control of my destiny. God is in control of everything. So the reason that God connects man and woman, watch this, is for them to connect and for them to rule together. And what God puts together, let no man put asunder. Can we go a step further? And for this reason, shall a man leave his father's house and his, and his mother and what? Cleave to his Y'all want to see something funny in that scripture? Notice how it never says anything about the, the, the woman leaving her mother or father. <laughs> it says it is the responsibility for the man to leave his mother and father's house to cleave to his wife. Why? Because he's responsible of setting up the house. The man establishes the house. The woman builds the house. Y'all with me? Man lays the foundation, but the Bible says, but a wise woman builds her home, but she can only build off of what you lay as foundation. So when I married my wife, she already had a house because she lived under the protection of her father. She had, a, she had, she had heat. <laughs> she had a roof over her head. She had a car. So she did not need me. Y'all, 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 y'all quiet. She had a job. She had family that supported and loved her. She did not need me. So in order for me to get her, I had to establish something for her to come to, whether it's an apartment, whether it's a house. But I could not take her and move her in with my mom and dad. Y'all quiet. You have to be able to establish something. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's 500 square feet. I don't care if it's. A two-bedroom apartment, I don't care if it's a one-bedroom apartment, I don't care if it's, you know, a shoebox house. It's something that we establish together that I'm bringing you into, and I'm not changing your lifestyle when you already have it going on where you are before me. Y'all quiet in here. So the purpose of marriage also is for a man to leave and to lead. That is the setup of how marriage is supposed to be. Now, uh, I'm gonna go somewhere in a minute. So, I'm supposed to, she's supposed to actually move from protection to protection. Y'all quiet. She shouldn't move out of her father's house and now Finn worry about how she gonna beat up the robbers if they, they knock on the door in the middle of the night. I'm gonna tell y'all a story. Now look, I get up. I do get up. I get up, right? I always get up. I leave, I leave her in the bed, but I'll be praying. Because, you know, you got your night clothes on. You're like, look, this is going to look real bad if the cops come here. But it's my assignment to be the protector if I'm going to take her from somewhere where she's already been protected. Yeah, yeah, Even if you're faking, you better act tough and you get up and somebody step up in the situation. So I want to talk real quick, and I'm going to move, here, move from here. This is where it's going to get good. Marriage is not like anything else. I'm a little dry today. I'll, 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 we'll fix it up later. Because 
Some folks look at marriage as a contract. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. And there's a difference between a contract and a covenant. I learned this because I worked in insurance for a bunch of years. A contract is set up to work three ways. Y'all with me? A contract is set up to benefit one party or to benefit another party or to benefit both parties. Does that make sense? So a contract is set up to either benefit me or to benefit Zipporah or to benefit us. We ain't got to like each other to be in a contract. I'm going to give you a perfect example. How many of y'all got a cell phone bill? How many of you like your, your, your cell phone bill? So it don't benefit you. It benefits you because you're using it, but you don't like it. It's just a contractual situation that we're in because I need a cell phone. But that's not marriage. If you're marrying somebody based off of that, then y'all going to have some serious problems. There's got to be some type of compatibility. So marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. Now, legally, yes, it's a binding agreement. And when you divorce, y'all got to split things and things of that sort. But in the sight of God, it's deeper than just some type of paperwork that's signed. Because some folks say, I don't believe in paperwork. All right, that's cool. But what about the covenant between you and that person? Hmm. Y'all with me? <laughs> so thank God for grace. Because marriage with or a covenant marriage was very special, I'm gonna say it like that, under the old covenant. And I'm gonna try to keep it as clean as I can. Marriage under the old covenant was very special. So special that the covenant was not to be broken until the night of marriage. And the way that they knew that the covenant was broken, oh Lord, was by what was on the sheets. And they would come out of the room and show the sheets to prove that a covenant was broken. And if the covenant was not shown on the sheets, the man had a right to divorce the wife because it was proven that the covenant, her covenant, had already been broken. So when we become one, regardless of what has happened in our past, we are making a covenant to one another. And a covenant, y'all with me, can only be under God's rules. A true covenant is under the rule of God. What are you saying, Pastor Joe? What are you saying? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is if it's under the rulership of God, then it can only be broken by God. See, some of us, <laughs> I don't want to go too deep today. Some of us have broken the contract of marriage, but you're still under a covenant that you promised to God when you stood at that altar with the person you said till death do us part. Which means that if God is the ruler of this covenant, then the first person that I'm supposed to go to if my marriage is under attack is not a therapist, is not my homegirl, it's not my homeboy. It's God. And one of the problems that we have is after we went to the homegirl, after we went to the homeboy, after we went to the therapist, now we finally decide to come to God 
and it's too late. I talk to so many pastors and they tell me in most cases when people finally come to them for therapy, the marriage is already done. Because in that marriage, y'all got together, but God was not the ruler of the covenant. Y'all quiet. I told you this ain't going to be an exciting message today. I want you to really think about this before you step into a relationship with somebody. That if I'm going to step into marriage, marriage with somebody, I am telling God that, God, you are the ruler of this covenant, which means that the only way that I can get out of this covenant, I'm going to go a step further, is not only if God ends it because he gives biblical grounds, but if death happens. The only thing that can ruin or, or close off a covenant between a man and a wife if they're married under the rulership of God is if God says that you guys can split or death happens. If those two things do not happen, then there, man, I don't, <laughs> then there's no real biblical grounds for divorce. That's why we believe in making it last forever. And this is why I tell people don't jump into something because somebody's cute. When I make this covenant and when I stand in front of an altar, or if I go to the justice of the peace, however any of us did it, I am making a vow to God. If I'm a Christian, that God, you are the ruler of this covenant between me and this person. And the only way that I can get out of this is if you break it or if death happens. But if those two things don't happen, then I need to pray for God to bring some type of reconciliation. And what we'll find out, and I'm going to go into, what we'll find out is that most of the times divorces happen because we don't go to God first. You go to the court, you go to the lawyer, you go to the judge, and he has more to say about your marriage than God. And that's dangerous. Number two, I'm almost done, y'all. Covenant has order. Covenant, a covenant under God's rule has order. If you are in a marriage and you have a covenant with God, there should be a certain order to your marriage. Now, I'm going to get in trouble with some of y'all ladies. So God created man. He put man to sleep. He took a rib out of man. He created woman. Man and woman came together. They had children. Right. So the order, this is biblical to St. Joel, is man. If you're married, you're single, don't you, you ain't got to answer nobody but God. And if you're single and you live under your father's house, you answer to your father. That's biblical. But if you're a single woman, you have freedom. Y'all better enjoy it. But if you're married, it's man, it's woman, it's children. Now watch this. So what did I tell you earlier? What Satan's plan is, is to devise a plan to break up your covenant. So what did he do when he came into the garden? He did not come for Adam. He came from behind and deceived Eve. Watch this. So I wish I had some folks. I could do this and, you know, we do this in church with demonstrations. So this is God. This is Adam. This is Eve. This is the serpent. 
God is in front. Y'all with me? Eve is deceived by the serpent. Eve turns around, gives her attention to the serpent, which turns her back on God. Eve now turns around, grabs Adam's attention and turns him around. So now you have Adam following the woman, which now makes their marriage out of order. And God refuses to turn his back because God doesn't follow nobody. So now God is looking this way and recognizes that he doesn't have Adam's attention and says, Adam, where art thou? Y'all quiet. Can I go a step further? He does not say Eve, even though she was the first partaker. He comes for the head of the house first and says, Adam, where are you? Because I don't sense your attention. Once that order in your house is broken, you give room to the enemy. I don't want to go too deep. But if we don't allow the men to lead, and I shared this a couple weeks ago at a men's conference, women, and I thank God for women, but women shouldn't be the only people praying in the house. Your husband should be just as spiritual as the women. Can I show you in the scripture? In the Old Testament, Abraham was considered the father and the priest of his house. Y'all want to go a step further? In the book of Job, the first chapter, the Bible says, and Job woke up every morning and offered sacrifices on the behalf of his children just in case they sinned in the middle of the night. It's the responsibility of the man to be the priest of his house. And if a man doesn't pray, then a house is in trouble. So God does not turn his back because God doesn't follow nobody. But Eve is following the serpent. And Adam is following Eve, which tells us that the structure of the family is messed up. And it gave opportunity for the devil to bring havoc on the family. When we change positions and roles in our marriage, woo! when we don't lead as men. Now, listen, this is not no type of chauvinistic, subjective type of theology. I'm not telling you, you know, get in the kitchen. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, men can cook too. I got any fellas in here that can do something. You can throw a waffle in the toaster, Darnell. Come on. Amen. There we go. <laughs> he gave me that look. I'm like, come on, Darnell. Come on. We, we can cook. Yes. <laughs> this, so, this, so I don't want you guys thinking it's a chauvinistic thing. What I'm saying is the design is so that man could be the protector, the priest, and the covering of his house. And the moment that that is interrupted, you now leave an opportunity for the devil to infiltrate into your house. Y'all with me? So the reason why Adam and Eve had trouble was because the order of the covenant was shifted. And if the order of the covenant is shifted, there will be issues in a household. Number three. Now, I said covenants can only be broken by God, but covenants also can only be broken by death. Y'all with me on this one? It's going to get a little hard. It's going to get a little hard. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Because y'all just thinking, you know, I got to wait for them to die. They get on my nerve. No, no. <laughs> no, we, we, we not saying that. We not saying that. All right. Woo! Turn me to the book of Malachi. Malachi, the second chapter, not Ma yeah, Malachi, Malachi. I get Micah and Malachi mixed up sometimes. Malachi, second chapter, 14th verse. 
When you get there, say something. All right, I got an amen. Are we up there on the screen? All right. All right, you know what? I'm going to start at the 13th verse, if that's all right. I don't know if y'all can shift, if not. All right. You guys there? Y'all there? All right, it says, and this is another thing you do. He's talking to men. You cover the, the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer respects your offerings or receives them gladly from your hands. This is God speaking to men. Next verse. Yet you ask, for what reason? Now look at this. Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have acted, acted treacherously against her, though she was your marriage partner and your covenant wife. Next verse. We there? 15 verse. It says, you with me? Didn't God make them one and give them a portion of spirit? What is the one seeking? Godly offspring? So watch yourselves carefully so that no one acts treacherously against the wife of his youth. Mm. So watch this. I get married. <laughs> this is scenario. Because my in-laws in here too. And, you know, and brothers and sisters, they'll knock me out. I decide that I'm done with the marriage. No biblical grounds, nothing. I just decide I want out. Y'all with me? I've acted treacherously against Rachel. Mm. And what this is telling me is that if I'm in covenant and I act treacherously, y'all take that how y'all want, God no longer hears my prayers. So I'm weeping, I'm crying, I'm asking God to fix things, and it will never work because I have messed up our covenant. Mm. Y'all with me? So watch this. So now I decide I'm going to marry somebody else. And I pick up a new wife, but God doesn't hear me. I have no relationship with him. Mm. Now I'm bringing contract paperwork in, but this next marriage has no covenant. It has no God because the first marriage is now dead. So now all I'm really doing in my second marriage is committing adultery because God doesn't honor this second marriage as a marriage because I broke the first covenant because I wanted to be treacherous. So watch this. Not only do a God no longer hears my prayers, but now I'm in a relationship with somebody else and I'm going to make their life miserable too because we have no God in our marriage. So now I'm on marriage number two. And eventually she's going to realize ain't no God in this and she's going to leave. And I'm going to go to marriage number three. And I'm going to go to marriage number four. Y'all quiet. And now I'm on multiple marriages and multiple relationships bringing deadness to it because God doesn't honor this marriage because I did not handle my first covenant correctly. Are y'all with me? So y'all like, you know what, Pastor Joe, that's, that's, that's Old Testament. That ain't new. All right, fine. I'll show you in the, in the New Testament. First Peter 3 and 7. First Peter 3 and 7. Y'all with me? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm really almost done. First Peter, y'all with me? 
Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with an understanding of the weaker nature, yet showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. Watch this. So that your prayers will not be. Mm. Yahweh, if I don't treat my wife right, I hinder my relationship with God. So it's better for me to be single than to be marrying my wife and acting all types of crazy. Now watch this. If my wife is forgiven because technically out of fornication adultery, she has reason to leave me. But if she decides that she wants to stay and she forgives me and we make this work, then praise God. God can fix that. But if I run and leave without reconciliation, my prayers will always be hindered, even if I move on to another relationship. Y'all quiet. So it's important that marriage, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews that marriage is honorable. And the bed undefiled, and folks take their bed undefiled to a whole nother level. Uh, but what it means is marriage is the honorable and the most upright thing to do. If you go and connect with somebody and you're married, it should only be your wife that you're connecting with. Y'all quiet. <laughs> so, and I don't want to get it, I don't, you know, because I want y'all to start thinking about somebody. Yeah, he been married five times. Maybe that's what's, no, 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 we ain't going to get into all that. That ain't nobody's business. But what I'm saying is, if we don't do what's right, husbands, this, this, this ain't God talking to the wives. <laughs> Not once does God, y'all, can y'all, y'all ready for this? Can y'all handle this? Can y'all handle this? Not once in the Bible, in the New Testament, does God tell a wife to love her husband. Support, you better love him now. <laughs> but the Bible tells the husbands to love your wife as Christ loves the church, which tells us that God commands a man to love, but does not command. The woman to love. Why? Because if a man loves you right, I wish I had somebody that could testify. If your husband loves you right, he ain't got no questions about whether or not you love him back. It shouldn't be set up to where the wife has always had to chase the husband to love him. No, the husband should be chasing the wife, letting her know constantly how much he loves her. And when that goes there and he's always pursuing her and chasing her and dating her and loving her and telling her how great she is, he will never have a problem with her loving him back. (laughs) So we don't want our prayers hindered. This is a whole message in itself. We don't want to get to a place to where we lift up holy hands and they're not honored by God. We want to make sure that we keep this covenant together, we keep it tight, so number four can happen. And this is the last one. Covenants, or covenant, the covenant of marriage, guarantees blessings. When you are under the covenant of God, your marriage is guaranteed to be blessed. That makes me feel good. It makes you feel good knowing that blessings have to happen when you're doing right, right? Brother Zai, like, you know, 
it just has to happen. Good things have to have to have to open up in your marriages. Doors have to open because we are in covenant. Mm. So if you are going through a hard time, married people, but you're in covenant, it's going to get better. If you're going through some, some situations, but you guys are fighting through it together, you're fighting through that storm together, you're going to come out of it. It's only when one person stops fighting. But as long as Britt and Eric is fighting, you're guaranteed to be blessed. Deuteronomy 28.1. It basically says there that if you obey my covenants, you obey my commandments. Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and carefully to follow all his commandments, I am giving you today. The Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. And these blessings will come and overtake. Because you obey the Lord your God, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your descendants will be blessed, your children. Your lands will produce. Your offspring will have livestock, including the young of your herds and the newborn. We ain't got cows and all that nowadays, but just, you know, your dogs will be, be, be will eat good. You know, <laughs> Fido will always have kibbles and bits. All right. Your baskets. And kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. I'm not going to get into all the blessings. But all of that applies when you are faithful to your covenant. Woo. As long as we are fighting to make it last forever. I still got it, don't y'all? That sounded good at the end. Y'all lie. Y'all go ahead. Y'all know that sounded good. I might re-record that. As long as we are fighting to make it last, God will always bless it. Y'all don't know how many times me and Ray was on our last. And in the nick of time, God constantly came through for us. Anybody got that testimony that's been married? Oh, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. Just that, you, you, you know, you, your back was against the wall and y'all like, I don't know how we're going to pull this one off. But y'all fought. Y'all was like, you know what I mean? We, we got to eat beans this week. We going to eat beans this week. If we got to, you know, you know, if we got to cut back here, we going to cut back here. But we going to make it happen. And we fought. And eventually, 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 because you have been obedient to the word of the Lord, things begin to happen. And as long as we remain in covenant and faithful to our marriages and faithful to our spouse, I'm not here to try to prophesy to you or be hocus pocus, but I promise you, God will bless your marriage. But if you do not obey the commandments, in that same chapter, it says cursed in the city, you'll be cursed in the fields. You'll be cursed in your comings. You'll be cursed in your goings. Your animals will be cursed. Your dog will be cursed. There'll be no milk bones. <laughs> There'll be no meow, 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 meow mix. Some of y'all are like, I ain't got a dog. <laughs> None of that will be there if there's no covenant in marriage. So that's why most marriages fall apart. Because they get through hard times and they stop fighting. Or one stops fighting. And then when that one stops fighting, they decide they're going to move on and the next relationship don't work. Because they're bringing baggage in to the next relationship. So you end up with a bunch of issues because you did not honor the first covenant. Did this help today? Was this all right? All right, y'all, I'm done. <clears throat>
I'm going to work on closing. Um, you know, people always say, you know, the introduction and closing is the most important part of the sermon. To me, I like the information. You know, we can, we can work on the... We can do that later, but that's not important to me. I need the information. So we're going to make it last forever, right? Right? And anybody that's single, y'all looking to make it last forever, right? All right, that's right. That's right. I heard you. I heard you, Vance Davis. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, you know what? I did not. I prayed for the singles last week, but I didn't pray for the singles last week. I'm going to ask all single people to pray. Stand up. I want to pray for you first. And then I want to pray for all married couples. Can we do that? All right. All single people, just stand up. All the single ladies. All the single fellas. <laughs> all right. All right. Father, we thank you for all of our singles, God, that are here in this ministry today, God. We ask, God, that you touch their hearts, touch their minds, God. We pray, God, that you just allow, God, in your time, God, according to your season, and God, according to your sovereignty, God, God, that you connect, God, them, God, with who you have planned. God, we pray, God, that they just apply the principles that they've, that they've heard over the last few weeks, God. And God, we pray, God, that these covenants last forever, God. We pray, God, that, God, if, if, if it is your design, it is your plan, God, for them to be married, God, that, God, you put in their life, God, the perfect piece of their puzzle. And, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this month, God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, all married folks, stand up, stand up. <clears throat> that's right, that's right, that's right. Praise God. All right. <laughs> all right, Father, we thank you for all the married couples here, God. Thank you, Lord, for these unities, God. We thank you, Lord, for these bonds. We thank you, Lord, for how, God, you have kept them throughout all of these years, God. Just very impressed, God, looking on the screen, seeing how many years everybody in here has been married. And, God, we pray, God, for just a, a lifetime of happiness, a lifetime of blessings. God, even if times get hard, God, we pray, God, that you encourage them and let them know, God, that trouble won't last always. And we thank you, Lord, for the victory of their marriage, God, through all of the ups and downs that we all have been through in our marriages, God. You've kept us together, God, and we pray, God, that you continue to be the center of our marriage. And as long as we honor you as our center, God, we know, God, that no hurt, harm, danger, or anything that can will, will be able to separate us, God. For, God, you are the center of our marriage, and we thank you, and we glorify you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.